This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. It's time. Welcome to Cruise Control Radio, everyone. I'm Fred Staub at the wheel of the crusty, busty cruise control van. Les Jackson is over there. He's wound up the clock spring. That's what actually drives this vehicle. It's a, got an interesting propulsion system. Uh, Les, don't wind that too tight with that big key. Uh, do you have any rubber bands? Oh, that doesn't sound good. Well, I think before I give you some rubber bands, we'll go to our first story. The company must change or it will fade away. Actually, he said it might become Nokia, which is, I guess, fading away. That's what the Volkswagen CEO said recently during an interview, and we will examine how he thinks a company should change. We will do that, and over at Kia... They priced out their upcoming compact Seltos CUV. Gee, who would have thought? (laughs) It should be an interesting CUV. If you like the Soul and you want it all-wheel drive, you couldn't get it, this might be your answer. We'll tell you about it. And Audi says it's not ready to ride off sedans. And there's a good reason. Because their models are selling well. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, talking tech, which we do. We love it. Shape-shifting car seats that simulate walking. Yeah, ever been riding mm. in a car for a long time and your sciatica acts up? Well, this could uh, this could fix that problem. I know you have complained about seats being not that comfortable. I, I do. I complain about seats because they've gotten less comfortable over the years. Yeah. And we'll also run down Ward's 10 Best Engines and Propulsion Systems. That's a new name for the competition this year. Bob Gritzinger is our guest from Ward's Intelligence. Always love having Bob on. And they're looking at all kinds of technology here. We'll tell you what they liked, what they didn't like. All that and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Got a lot more to get to, too, uh, Les. Uh, you know, the price of uh, catalytic converters could be going up, which means the price of cars will be going up. There's apparently a worldwide shortage of uh, palladium, which is one of the um, major components of catalytic converters. So kind of uh, kind of interesting there, you know, how that might drive the price of your next vehicle, right? That would be interesting. Maybe this will be a new gold rush. I don't know. They just say it. It's not there. My my theory is: will they change? Uh, will they change uh, emission systems to eliminate the catalytic converter? Who knows? Because right now, a lot of cars use four of them, and that could get expensive. But we will talk about that and a whole lot more when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. Head over to CruiseControlRadio.com where you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there, CruiseControlRadio.com. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We'll be right back. 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Is your car starting to show its age? Over time, paint becomes oxidized, faded, and scratched. But you can restore that tired paint and repair those scratches with the paint restoration system from 3M. It's an affordable way to make those repairs in your garage in just one afternoon with basic tools. The kit contains all of the restoration products and polishing pads you need to bring your vehicle's paint back to like-new condition. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Your on-air automotive magazine, Les and Fred, at your service. Uh, yeah. Also at your service is Herbert Deese, uh-huh. who happens to be the CEO of Volkswagen. Yeah. And uh, he is he is uh, talking. He's is exhibiting some concern. Yeah. And now. His concern is, will VW change fast enough or risk going the way of Nokia? If you remember, Nokia used to be a big player in the cell phone uh, business. Huge, huge. Yeah, and they just disappeared. I don't know if if they're even around. Maybe they are somewhere, but uh, I don't recall seeing them anywhere. So Herbert Deese was talking to VW senior managers following a global board meeting on Thursday. He said, if we continue at our current speed, it is going to be very tough. Uh, They have to keep development spending up uh, with the tech rivals who are racing to build a self-driving car. And it, it comes at a time when regulators have tightened Emissions rules forcing manufacturers to clean up combustion engines and develop zero emissions electric vehicles. He said uh, the era of the classic car makers is over. VW needs to get a grip on software and electronics as well as producing a raft of electric vehicles and batteries so we can comply with stringent anti-pollution rules. Now, from the outside, to me, it seems like they're doing it better than anyone else. To me, too. They're talking about releasing 26 electric vehicles this year. Um, they uh, have a ton, uh, a ton of vehicles planned to come out. They are coming out. They just take time to develop. Uh, they said they are going to cut resources devoted to fuel cells uh, since they will not be as competitive as battery electric drivetrains for at least another decade. And it will also slash costs at its Moya Mobility Services Unit. Um, you know, uh, Bentley, they, 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 he mentioned Bentley as an example. He said 10,000 deliveries. It would have been even more impressive if that margin was higher than zero. I would have preferred 5,000 deliveries and a margin over 20%. So less cars, higher prices that's what he's saying is he saying that bentley is making no money well he's saying they they delivered ten thousand vehicles worldwide uh and he would have rather sold less cars and sold them for more sure yeah um i but on, on the outside i think just looking at what we've been reporting on cruise control they seem to be doing better than Many. I mean, look at what Audi's been doing uh, with their e-trons. 
um, look at what uh, they're talking about with the ID3 and ID4, uh, the Volkswagen van. I would agree I'd like to see them sooner, but they are they do have a wide group of them coming out um, this year and next. So, you know, I think they're in a better position than some of the big American manufacturers, don't you? I believe so. Uh, apparently their profitability just is very low. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we'll have to see where this takes them. This is certainly a uh, Herbert Deese's uh, battle cry to the company to get them motivated. Um, they they want to raise their market value to 200 billion euros, which is about 223.10 billion uh, from about 91 billion at present. They're, they're way of doing this is revamping its assets, slashing costs, and expanding into new technologies like connected cars. Um, if you were a company executive, what would you do about self-driving cars? I don't feel the excitement about self-driving cars, frankly. I feel the excitement about electric vehicles. But maybe that's I just would, because yeah. I'm biased and I like driving a car. Well, I would admit... Uh as more and more are, that these are a little further away than uh, than the hype has allowed. Mm -hmm. And I would keep them being developed, but concentrate in the short term on other stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think the bigger thing that the executives have to see is cars are sold as fashion now, let's face it. They're show sold as technology and fashion and style. If you just make it like a toaster, uh, that changes the business completely. If you take away all the passion from it, that changes the business completely. And I don't know how you sell it then, because then you're just selling it for the cheapest price, basically. So, Well, you I, sell it like a refrigerator. Yes, but do we want that? We'll talk about that and more when we come back on Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We'll be right back. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. It's the show that you have dialed into. We're glad you're along for the ride. If you're thinking about buying a new car or just confused about all the technology... Well, we've got a great show for you. So you can go into that dealership and be like, hey, well, Fred and Les told me. Then you'll say, Fred and Les who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, um, you and I have been talking about this. There are a ton of compact CUVs coming out. Um, we've got the Chevy Trailblazer. We've got the Hyundai Venue. Um we have now, uh, or we don't have it yet, but we have the Kia Seltos, which I think is Kia's answer to an all-wheel drive Soul. You know, the Soul is their boxy yeah. vehicle that it's a lot of fun to drive and all. And everyone said, why don't you make a four-wheel drive Soul? Well, they'd never done it. 
Doesn't look like they will because the 2021 Kia Soul, uh, which will be arriving soon in dealerships, is going to fill that place. And it is quite a deal less. Uh, We've got some pricing information on this. Uh, It's going to start under $22,000. Uh, and it's that's the LX all-wheel drive. It's all-wheel drive vehicle that's for twenty-one nine ninety. You know, you know who I think they're going out against. Who's that? Subaru. It could be Subaru. It could be Subaru. You you know you think about this. Uh, a lot of people like the Nissan uh, Kicks. Great vehicle, kind of the same size as these. Guess what? It's not available with all-wheel drive. Yeah, Even, that's right. When I was on the launch of that vehicle, I said, why no all-wheel drive? Well, we didn't think we would need that, you know, in this segment. I think it was a miscalculation, actually, nowadays, because if I could get all-wheel drive for the roughly the same price, I'd rather have it, especially being in the Northeast. But um, listen to this. For $21,990, right? Uh, it's the least expensive trim level, but as all-wheel drive... A 17-inch alloy wheels, adaptive cruise control, Android Auto, and Apple CarPlay. And by the way, it includes the destination fee. That is crazy. Uh, And then it climbs up the ladder. Uh, There is, uh, weirdly, a Seltos S front-wheel drive is identical to the one with all-wheel drive. I guess it comes with more features. Uh, and an S all-wheel drive trim is available for $23,490. Not bad at all. If you can get out the door under $25,000, that's amazing. Even their top-the-line EX trim comes with all-wheel drive for $25,290. They're all powered by a 2-liter 4-cylinder, 146 horsepower, CVT. Uh, Front-wheel drive versions are rated at 29, 34, and 31 when it comes to miles per gallon. Which isn't huge. Isn't huge. All-wheel drive, if there's a knock against Kia, some of their vehicles never get the mileage that other manufacturers get. And you can compare this to, let's say, the Trailblazer, which has a three-cylinder engine made by Chevy. Uh, I'm sure, I don't think that's been rated yet, but I'm sure that will be up in the upper 30s, if not 40. Um, you can get more power uh, with a 1.6 liter turbo, and that climbs to 25,490, and uh, in the XS trim, SX trim, 27,890. So all of these prices, as you said, let's include the uh, $1,120 destination fee. The destination fee just keeps creeping up, doesn't it? <laughs> It, it was it sure always does. like $800, and then it went to 1000 and now we're over $1,000. But, uh, but that's, if you're, called, that's called extra money. That's called extra the, money. For the dealer. The one we're looking at has a two-tone paint job, gold and black. I'm not big on those colors, but I do like no, the two, don't two, like it. two-tone concept with the contrasting roof and, yeah. uh, and lower panels there. I love that. I would like, I, I, I like the shape. Uh, I'd like to see this in blue with a white top. Hey, that sounds nice. I'll agree. Uh, this, apparently, these tips on pricing came uh, or were acquired by Motor One. Um, 
But uh, I think this is going to be a hot seller. I really do. And especially... I agree. I mean, that base model, if they if they dealer stock it, that's crazy. All-wheel drive and all that stuff for 21990 Come on. Good price. It's really, really attractive. But let's say you want a sedan, Les Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... It's not too early. It's no. It's way too early to write the sedan's obituary. Uh, that's a, the title of our next uh, topic because uh, the company is selling sedans. Uh, this was, uh, uh, you know, I guess a surprise to some people, but their sedans are very popular. Sales in America of the A6 uh, model grew by 69% to 17,807 units. Well, uh, they also sold 2,963 examples of the A8. Uh, You know, that doesn't sound like a lot for a year, but that is an expensive car, isn't it? That's close to 100,000. I haven't seen an A8 in years. Yeah. So uh, they feel, uh, the executives at Audi feel that uh, sedans will eventually claw back. Uh, And it's different in uh, Europe and Asia uh, because sedans are more popular there uh, than SUVs. So Uh, I have to. I wonder, Mr. Staub. Yes. I wonder. Uh, if the decision that Audi has to not be at auto shows this year might be thinking, you know, two things. One is, let's see if we really need to be. And secondly, if we're there with a bunch of cars, we'll look old-fashioned compared to the other companies. Yeah, that is definitely a problem at auto shows when you have older models that are going to be replaced uh, in the next cycle. It's definitely one of the worst deals at an auto show to walk through there and say, wow, these look like they're from five years ago. Yeah. I just wanted to mention, too, uh, the folks uh, and marketing folks are excited about the Audi RS6 Avant. There's a vehicle I haven't seen in a while or driven in a while. Uh, That station wagon is selling well in the United States. Good show. Good show. Good show. So... uh, to your point about auto shows, Les, yeah, a lot of manufacturers are pulling out. I think even if they're not revealing something, they should be there because we use the auto shows as automotive journalists. We go there, we look for the reveals and, and that type of thing. Um, but a lot of people just go there because they want a no-pressure way of seeing the vast majority of cars, you know, kind of do to use a horrible uh, term, the 30,000-foot view before buying a car and then you know then they'll say well you know i don't like this but oh hey those audi sedans are nice uh i like the um you know a6 and i got to sit in their various models and now maybe i'll go to a dealer and kind of do my research and narrow in on an a6 whereas if they're not there they go to the dealer and they're climbing all over them as soon as they walk in the door not a comfortable way to look at cars so that's the big problem with them not going to to car shows. Don't you agree? 
I agree. So uh, There's no other place to go. Yeah, there's no other place to go. You're listening to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Let's talk tech here real briefly before the break. Jaguar has invented shape-shifting seats. They simulate uh, walking while you're sitting, according to Dr. Steve Eiley, who is the chief medical officer at Jaguar Land Rover. The idea is uh, they're going to help your body endure long trips, and they are using a shape-shifting technology that will reduce chronic back pain and other negative side effects of just sitting there. Coming to a vehicle near good, you. Good idea. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We always love to bring you the latest in technology and help you decide if you're looking at a vehicle. One way, of course, is what is the best engine, or should we say propulsion system? And Wards has been doing their 10 Best Engines Awards, I believe, since 1995. Uh, it's got a name change, and, and kind of the best guy to explain that is Bob Gritzinger from Wards Intelligence. Bob, welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. How are you doing? You're right. Uh, we do have a whole. We have a lot of news this year, considering it's uh, we're going into our second uh, 25 years of Ward's 10 best engines and propulsion systems. So there you go. Yeah, let's let's talk about that, Bob. Uh, there's two new things here this year. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a name change, and also you have uh, dropped. The price cap. So let's uh, correct. Let's talk about name change first. Well, um, twenty-five years ago, when Ward's ten best engines competition was launched, internal combustion engines were the rule. Twenty-five years from now, they'll likely be the exception. So we're in the middle of that transition, and we feel that uh, the name should reflect. Uh, the propulsion systems that we're evaluating, uh, we don't want to we don't want to leave out engines because well this year uh, our nominee list of 26 engines or systems included 21 internal combustion engines, but um, but at the same time we're seeing this shift to electrification, uh, some fuel cells certainly the hybrids. And engines just doesn't cover that. Yeah, that. Well, oh, moving ahead. Yeah, yep. ab- absolutely. And then you've removed the price cap too. There used to be a price cap of what for? Uh, well, it it started out um, twenty five years ago at fifty thousand dollars, and the idea then was to, you know, uh, you didn't want it to just be a, a beauty contest of the, you know, highest most expensive exotic engines in the world. All V12s. We, we, like to, uh, we like to have an attainable list. So you'll find 
uh, engines all across the spectrum on our list. Um, uh, but now, 25 years later, with the price cap at $65,000 base price, um, uh, we feel like that's um, eliminating some of the the cars that would be right at the cusp, and especially a lot of those are electrified vehicles. Mm-hmm. So we were discussing, you know, do you include a uh, um, a federal tax credit? Do you take that off? How do we how do we deal with all of that? And we just decided, heck, with the price cap, we're able to evaluate all of these engines within their own segment and find the best ones across the spectrum. And frankly, um, how often does a Ferrari or Lamborghini or somebody like that update their engine? You know, (laughs) they do a lot of little tweaks, but clean sheet, brand new engines don't happen very often. So, Bob, as we move to a lot of electric drivetrains, that's where it's going. I mean, how do you think you'll the folks at Wards and you and your group of colleagues will differentiate them in the future, or will they all kind of be the same? How will you apply the Wards 10 best uh, kind of uh, modality to everything to, to figure out how, which one is better than the other, or will they all kind of blend together? Well, I think that you, one, you're evaluating similar systems. So, Hybrids are evaluated against hybrids, not necessarily against, you know, big V8s. Um, and uh, um, and we're also looking at different parameters. So where MPG might be critical in a hybrid or in a diesel, let's say, range becomes the measure uh, in a pure electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of ways to to sort of recalibrate your evaluation uh, to fit the engine or propulsion system that you're evaluating. Yeah, yeah. Good good point, and uh, I applaud that decision. Good engineering is good engineering, doesn't matter what it costs. But let's get to the list, uh, because I know everybody wants to hear it. And shall we start with the... uh, well, let's just start wherever we want, Bob. Uh, <laughs> well, you're, you're the I, well, expert I would, here. I would suggest that we start with one of the most significant things we noticed this year was out of those 10 winners, it, uh, three inline sixes this year. Right. We thought oh, the yeah. inline six was dead. Yeah. We, we thought back to the days of the slant six and the Chevy 250 and all that. Um and that they wanted to make the noses of the car shorter. And, of course, a lot of them were mounted across the car for front-wheel drive. We thought, well, you know, you can basically, uh, that's kind of hard to package. But now it's come back. Mercedes, mm-hmm. BMW. And, 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 and it's, you know, uh, everybody went to V6s, but uh, except for BMW, you know that that inline six configuration is just so inherently smooth and stable, and um, you know you can you can pipe turbos and things onto it very mm-hmm. cleanly, mm-hmm. and so BMW has never left, and uh, they have their inline six uh, that we tested in the M30 or 340i this mm-hmm. year, um, tremendous powertrain and i would add the same engine that's 
that, that Toyota pick to put into its Supra. So um, that was one of them. Uh, the other gas version um, was the Mercedes, uh, they're, and they're all three-liter turbos. That's sort of interesting. Yeah. Um, the, the other one was in the Mercedes GLE 450 that we tested. Um, this is an engine that has been introduced in, like, the CLS and E-Class. Um, and so when we talked price cap, those those vehicles didn't fit under the price cap yeah. uh, a year and a half ago when they were introduced. Now in this vehicle, they fit. We tested it. It's It has the 48-volt um, uh, integrated starter generator system that is just smooth as silk. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and uh, and this and then w- finally uh, uh, the GMC Sierra's uh, three liter Duramax diesel inline six is just just a, a perfect execution. Yeah, you think about that engine, Les. We always talk about this. How before the bankruptcy they had a Duramax, uh, I believe it was V six, all engineered, a lot mm-hmm. of technology. It just kind of went in the trash bin, and this is a complete rethink of it. Um, and once again, the straight, straight six, I guess that goes the straight, uh, straight cylinder design goes all the way back to the straight eights of Packard and stuff like that. It's a very smooth, uh, naturally balanced engine compared to the V design, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, uh, you're not fighting, uh, back and forth across the banks, Mm. you know, it's just smooth. Silky inline power, and you like um, you liked it in the BMW X5, the what they call the B58 uh, i6 engine, yeah, oh, three liter, yeah, same engine, B58 turbo i6, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting that you know I should point out in the Mercedes um, by using that 48 volt integrated starter generator, they were able to clear all the all the alternator, all that ancillary equipment off the front of the engine so that you know when it comes to packaging that longer inline six engine they could fit it in there and really what we're dealing with more than anything is trying to package with uh pedestrian european pedestrian crash requirements right next up would be Uh, we would move on to the fca ram v6 yeah yeah uh v6 e-torque this is a returning winner so any any engine that wins comes back uh, for consideration the next year, they're an automatic uh, nominee, and uh, we just felt like this this continues to show um, just a perfect execution of 48 volt system. Uh, you get you know good fuel economy, smooth stop start, smooths out the uh, shift points. Um, it just just it all works together, and it feels like a V8 in a in a V6 and moves the truck. So, um, and it's interesting, Bob, because obviously the 3.6 Pentastar engine is everywhere in the lineup of FCA. What they've done here, it it they call it e-torque, but it's basically a hybrid, right? Wouldn't that be the best way to correct. describe it? Yeah, yeah, that's a mild hybrid. Yeah, sure, yeah, mild. And, and the interesting thing that I discovered in the past week or so is, um, and people can go find this story if they're subscribers uh, to Ward's Intelligence, is um, FCA, you know, forever we've 
chided them for not getting on board with electrification. Um, as of 20, end of 2019, they are the by far the leader in 48-volt installation rate. Wow. Uh, um, and the highest installation rate is in, ready for this, the Jeep Wrangler. Wow. So the Wrangler has like 66,000 uh, vehicles delivered with 48 volt in 2019. Add another 30 some thousand Rams, you're at 105,000. The nearest competitor is, uh, you know, way down the list. Yeah, you think about that. Electrification doesn't mean that it's completely electric. It can mean hybrid as well, and it's a, it's a great step into the future. Stay tuned Thank more you. with uh, Bob Gritzinger from Ward's Intelligence. More of the best engines, Ward's 10 best, when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Feeling a little dim? Don't blame your brain or the weather. Hazy headlights may be the problem. Hazed or cloudy plastic headlights can reduce your vehicle's visibility on the road, making it very difficult to see the road and for other cars to see you. Now you can restore plastic headlight lenses to like-new clarity with the Lens Renewal Kit from 3M, an easy-to-use solution for removing the yellowing and hazing that reduces headlight performance and visibility. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. We are working through the list of Ward's 10 best engines and propulsion systems. The new name for the competition this year because, hey, we are working through electrification. And uh, there are we, you and I, Les, love electric cars. We've driven a lot of them. And they, they are certainly performance cars. But... But it is a great mix of technology here, of a variety of technology, both internal combustion and electric and electrified internal combustion. And to clear it all up for us from Ward's Intelligence is Bob Gritzinger, who is a great friend of the show. Always great to have on, Bob. We have the next vehicle up is something that was kind of a hot rod experiment at Ford and that they've done well with this. Uh, it is the uh, 2.3 liter uh, double overhead cam, high performance turbo four cylinder in the Mustang. This is the Focus RS powertrain that some of the engineers just said, hey, what if we put that in the Mustang? Sort of like a great engine looking for a home. They did it. I drove this vehicle. I love it the way it. You think it doesn't sound like a Mustang, but I tell you, when you get it on the twisties, it's great. The nose feels a lot lighter. And it's a great engine, very powerful. Yeah, I think um, uh, one of my points was, you know, it may not sound like a Mustang at idle, but baby, get that thing up around three, four grand, and it's fantastic, the yep. sounds that, that they are able to uh, produce out of that engine. And, you know, keep in mind, this is something like 144 horsepower per liter. Wow. Um you know, and takes out weight, as you say. So it just, um, it's it's not a V8 Mustang, but it's certainly a pleaser. And it's interesting that uh, um, four-cylinder 
Mustangs are are outselling V8s. Wow! So it's uh, it's happening, you know. And this, to be clear, this isn't the base uh, 2.3. This is this high performance version that comes out of Valencia, Spain, that uh, had been in the Focus RS. Focus RS went away. So what do we do with this engine? Well, right. geez, they should have put it in the Mustang in the first place. Yeah. Huh? It- it's a good it's a good hot rod mix of parts and pieces. Uh some GT stuff in there and uh really really a fun car. I would urge people thinking about a Mustang to try it and it's it's a good deal yeah. as well, I believe, money-wise. Yeah, give it give it some good thought. I mean, it's uh 31 $31,000 base. The engine adds another 5 grand. So, um and I would recommend buying it with a stick. It does come with a 10-speed automatic but uh boy rolling rolling through the gears on that really uh gets the most out of that engine i would agree less that's like the one i drove at an event and i just i just loved it but uh moving on down the list yeah opposite end of the extreme yep boy uh it's hard to argue with what gm did with the corvette and the new stingray and putting that lt2 v8 Mm-hmm. Midship, mm-hmm. Uh, just just a fantastic driver. Um, the the, uh, the you know they didn't have to do a lot mm-hmm. to the engine, but some of the little changes that they made really really amp up the feel and and the car's capability. And came in at fifty nine five ninety base. It's crazy. I mean. Let's talk about this for a second. I have to ask you, we sat in the C8 a number of times and that. I was at the reveal, but haven't driven it. You've driven it as part of the North American Car of the Year Awards. Uh, and for uh, the, Drew Winter did on our staff, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they brought one to us, and we were able to, you know, do our evaluation drives uh, kind of all in one day. They didn't have a lot of cars because they had a strike going on. They didn't right. have... A lot of production happening. So, what did you think? Uh, what did I think? Yes. I mean, uh, it's it's wonderful sounds coming from behind you, but man, the way they put the power to the ground is just well, it's almost magical, and it's it's uh, very attainable. Doesn't feel like you know you're driving something that's gonna you know, kick the tail out or, or, you know, get crazy on you. I mean, there was a point where I, I know where I have a ramp where I can really push it and it just walked right around it. And then there's another ramp where I knew that I could see three figures and went from, <laughs> you know, 40 to 111 and back down to 40. Just, it was, it was simple. Anybody wow. could drive this car and feel good. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that says a lot. Yeah. We should just say less, too. All of these LS engines, they are like the plug-and-play crate engine now that's in everything. If you watch Barrett-Jackson, right. they're in Everybody's every... Everybody's oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. we're fast. We're quickly running out of time, Bob, because we love right. chatting with you. Yeah. So we let's got a, a few to run through here. Uh, the the Accord uh, Hybrid love uh, was a return winner. That two-motor system, we just love how smooth it is. And uh, and we saw 
Um, it's rated at 47 miles per gallon. Yeah, that's and a great we, car. Wow. You know, tore around town in it and saw 38 all the time. So yeah. that's that's a, a, a incredible powertrain um, in a, a good size sedan. Absolutely, um, quality sedan. That, and again, here we're getting into the electrics and the and the you know the unusual powertrains. Let's say in and the next one up there, the Kona EV, mm-hmm. you guys said you love electrified vehicles. Yep. We had a number of electrified vehicles to test, but this one just seemed to put it all together and give more than advertised range. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking for. And it's affordable and it's it's usable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Up yep. next. Yep. Uh, so, uh, the... Uh, there aren't that many companies out there that are building all new clean sheet uh, internal combustion engines. Hyundai is one company that is this whole new third generation smart stream stream uh, family. We tested several engines from it, but this 1.6 liter turbo four in the Sonata was just off the chart, great. I drove this car for 700 miles all over northern Michigan uh, on a weekend. Um, saw something like 37 miles per gallon. It, hmm. it has some trick technology, including uh, variable valve duration, mm-hmm. which really, you know, it's just sort of the next level. So these Hyundai people are really, really doing a good job. And then quickly, the last one on the list, the yeah, Nissan. The, the last one on the list, another returnee, is the uh, variable compression 2-liter turbo four-cylinder, this time in the Nissan Altima. We put it on the list last year in the Infiniti QX50, and in the Altima, it's even better. And, and again, this is an engine that, while it's running, changes compression ratio. It's, wow. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can, that's all I can say about it. It's that just, is Bob Gritzinger's uh, blows my mind. Technical and, evaluation. Uh, uh, the, and 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 real quick uh, at our at our uh, um, presentation of the trophies uh, this week, uh, the father of the VC turbo engine came all the way from Japan. Wow! And he gets up on stage and he goes to the microphone and he says, "I just came in from Japan on Nippon Airways." No private jets for me. So he made a he made a Carlos Ghosn joke. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. The so, best anyway. The best story of the uh, week is Yamaha saying, "Whatever you do, don't put humans inside our shipping crates." <laughs> it was just bizarre. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if you want more info, go to wardsauto.com. Bob, we appreciate it as always. We'll have you back because you're always talking about oh. great stuff at Wards. And it's time for me to say, I'm Fred Stop. I'm Les Jackson. We'll see you down the road. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.